Howdy and welcome to the Ten Week Bible Study. This is week five, day two of our study of Isaiah. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Isaiah 14, 18 through 32. Welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start today? Lord, would you speak to us in your word today? We want to encounter you. We want to know you more through your word today, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. With that, let's jump into God's word. We're reading today from the NIV. This is Isaiah 14, starting in verse 18. All the kings of the nations lie in state, each in his own tomb. But you are cast out of your tomb like a rejected branch, You are covered with the slain, with those pierced by the sword, those who descend to the stones of the pit, like a corpse trampled underfoot. You will not join them in burial, for you have destroyed your land and killed your people. All right, so (laughs) that's a morbid way to start out today, but remember that this is a prophecy against Babylon that Isaiah started out in the the last passage, what we read yesterday. And remember, we always try to to start out each one of these passages in Isaiah asking, you know, who is he speaking to and in what time period is he speaking? And this one is fairly straightforward, at least for most of it, is he speaking to the king of Babylon at its fall when the Persians conquer it. The issue is Babylon hasn't even risen yet while Isaiah is prophesying this. The Assyrian kingdom, they are the big dogs in, in, in the Middle East, not the Babylonians. And so Isaiah is prophesying that there's a Babylonian empire coming that's then going to fall. And that the Israelites, the the people of Judah and Jerusalem, they're going to be carried away by him and then allowed to return. And this, what we're what we're reading, are is essentially the Lord quoting what the Israelites would say when they return back to the land of Israel. This is like a song and a taunt against the king of Babylon, and 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 really not just the king, but the 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 rulership of of the Babylonian empire that had deposed them and and taken them to Babylon. And so it's incredibly morbid talking about the death of the king of Babylon, but we have to remember that, that, you know, this is, this is going to be rough. It's going to be very rough for the, the people of Israel. When we read the story of how, Nebuchadnezzar came and conquered them. There were three different assaults that Nebuchadnezzar launched against Jerusalem. Three different times that he attacked them. Essentially the first time and and the first time he took the king and put a new king in his place and then put that king back and and then the king of of Jerusalem rebelled a couple of times and Nebuchadnezzar came and attacked them several times. Finally carried off everyone. There were three different uh, deportations, if you will. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're taken in the first assault against Jerusalem. And most people believe that that Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah was taken in the last one or that Jeremiah escaped to Egypt and then was conquered and taken from Egypt to Babylon. And so one of the things that the Babylonian king did to the king of Jerusalem when he conquered it is he took the, I believe it was the five sons of the king of Jerusalem and had their father, the king of Jerusalem, stand in front of these five sons and the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, he killed all five of his sons in front of him, put them all to death and then poked out the eyes of the king of Jerusalem. 
so that the last thing he would ever remember seeing with his human eyes was his son's die in front of him. This is the kind of ruler, this is the, I mean, the, the kind of ruthless man that Nebuchadnezzar was. These are the kind of ruthless people that the Babylonians were in their conquering. And so this is the kind of thing that the people of Israel and Jerusalem are praising at the, the, the rulers of Babylon at their fall when they're allowed to return. And so that's, that's what's going on here. Continuing on, verse 20, let the offspring of the wicked never be mentioned again. Prepare a place to slaughter his children for the sins of their ancestors. They are not to rise to inherit the land and cover the earth with their cities. I mean, this is rough, but this is giving us uh, an understanding of just how bitter and how painful this destruction of Jerusalem was, the way that Nebuchadnezzar and these kings treated them, and how happy they are to be out from under that. Right, And again, Isaiah is prophesying all of this stuff before the rise of the Neo-Babylonian Empire. And he's, he's prophesying about how happy they will be that they'll even be like, yeah, kill all of his children so that they can't ever build cities again. I mean, that is, that's rough, but that's giving you an understanding of the emotions that are going to be in this. And that's what Isaiah is prophesying to them. is like, this is how you're going to feel. It's going to be that bad. So this is a prophecy about, oh, you're going to, you know, you're going to triumph over this guy. But guess what? First, it's going to be really, really bad. Verse 22. I will rise up against them, declares the Lord Almighty. I will wipe out Babylon's name and survivors, her offspring and descendants, declares the Lord. I will turn her into a place for owls and into swampland. I will sweep her with the broom of destruction, declares the Lord Almighty. Now, as we're trying to understand what the Lord is speaking about, what what period of time the Lord is speaking about, this is where this starts to get a little murky. Because we know that Babylon was conquered. We know the Persians conquered Babylon. But the city of Babylon itself persists as one of the great cities of the world for the next several centuries. In fact, Babylon was such an amazing city, even though it was conquered when the Persians took it. And, and then the Greeks conquer the ancient world. Then the Romans, this city of Babylon persists. You know, Alexander the Great, the, the Greek, he conquered Babylon and he died in the city of Babylon. And this city exists as one of the great cities of planet Earth for many centuries. In fact, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon during the the couple of centuries BC, 100, 200 BC, which is a few hundred years after what Isaiah is prophesying about here, a couple hundred years after that, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon during that period of time were considered one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And so that's actually after Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian Empire, this particular city, whoever occupied the city, it's like, this is an amazing city and they keep it going. And so this prophecy about it being completely destroyed so that only owls inhabit this, and then it, it kind of goes back to the swampland that it, that it is, that it's built out of, this is one of those things that doesn't happen for a long time. Now, Babylon today, once Babylon was finally kind of left behind somewhere in like the four to 600 AD range, I believe, uh, maybe three to 
400, 500, somewhere in there. Babylon's abandoned and now it's ruined. There's nothing there anymore except for what people have tried to rebuild. Like Saddam Hussein tried to start rebuilding Babylon and made a really pitiful attempt at it. The European Union is, for whatever reason, fascinated by the ancient city of Babylon. They want to see it rebuilt. But but as of right now, it's still just ruins. No one lives there in, in like an actual city of Babylon. It doesn't exist right now. And it hasn't for, what, 13, 12, 13, 1400 years, something like that. It's It's been essentially exactly what Isaiah is prophesying here. But the book of Revelation talks about the city of Babylon existing again. Now, that's another point of contention as well. Some people believe that in the book of Revelation, the the you know, prophet John, the, the John, the revelator who's writing this and Jesus is speaking about it. And the angel who's revealing some of these things is that Babylon isn't literally the set of Babylon. It's some other city. But from my personal perspective, I tend to take the Bible as word. And if he's saying that Babylon is going to be destroyed in the last days, I believe that probably likely that the city of Babylon will be rebuilt again and will become one of the great cities of the earth. I don't know that for a fact, but I just always bet on scripture being right and not some having to like interpret it some way figuratively to make it fit whatever worldview I have. So I tend to believe that the city of Babylon will be rebuilt and that some of these prophecies are yet to take place in the same way that Isaiah is prophesying about the fall of Babylon, a nation that hasn't risen yet right? All of these things happen. I, in the same way, I choose to believe that the city of Babylon will be rebuilt and we'll still see this prophecy come to pass, that it will be completely destroyed in one day. When the, the Persians took it over, they didn't destroy the city. They did kill the king and they did, you know, they, they, they ran through and killed a bunch of people in the city that day. The city was not destroyed. So the city did not see the prophesied destruction. Isaiah and Revelation prophesy over the city of Babylon. I believe that is still coming to a city that hasn't even been rebuilt yet. But you could also look at this intervening period of time where that actually happened, where it's just swamp and, and there's nothing there. And suppose it's been a haunt for owls ever since its abandonment. Let's continue on. Verse 24. <clears throat> the Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I have planned, so it will be. And as I have purpose, so it will happen. I will crush the Assyrian in my land. On my mountains, I will trample him down. His yoke will be taken from my people and his burden removed from their shoulders. So now we're mixing in Assyrian, the Assyrian Empire and the Assyrian conquerors with the Babylonian conquerors. And, and, and we understand, with hindsight, we understand how all of this worked. We know the Assyrians were conquered by the Babylonians, then the Babylonians conquered by the Persians, and then the Persians by the Greeks, and then the Greeks by the Romans, right? We we know all of that. If we're students of history, we can look back and see all that. No one in Isaiah's day knew this. This is all just some of the most amazing, accurate prophecies in the history of mankind. This is truly amazing what Isaiah is saying here because he's prophesying the downfall of things before they even rise. Verse 26. This is the plan determined for the whole world. This is the hand stretched out over all nations for the Lord Almighty has purposed and who can thwart him? His hand is stretched out. Who can turn it back? I think this is amazing what 
the Lord is saying here is he's saying, this is the plan for all the nations, right? Imagine you're the ruler in these ancient dynasties in China during this time period, right? China exists. They have these ancient rulers during this very time period. Isaiah is, is alive and prophesying all of this. And he's saying, what's happening here in the Middle East? This matters to you, China. This matters to you, North America. This matters to you, South America, Africa, Australia, right? There's probably not even anybody in Australia at this point. Very, very unlikely. It might be some very early Aboriginal people who have already immigrated to the continent of Australia. There might already be, uh, there probably are already people in North and South America who have, have come over from Asia all of these things, this prophecy, the Lord is saying, listen, what I'm saying here, it's essentially for all nations for all time. You need to understand that what's happening right here during this period of time that Isaiah is prophesying, it has importance worldwide to all nations for all history. And this is what the Lord is going to do. Some of the most powerful empires that ever existed, right? So, this is one little piece of planet Earth, even at that time period. There's other things going on in other parts of the world. But the Lord is saying, this is important for all of you to understand, right? The, the, the emperor of China at this point, this ancient dynasty, doesn't give a flip about what's happening in Jerusalem, right? I mean, maybe the spice trade coming from Arabia and Egypt and coming through Jerusalem, which is on this very primary uh, spice route for, for centuries and millennia, that's probably the only reason that Jerusalem ever comes up in anybody's conversations, if they even know it exists. And the Lord is saying, this city, this place, these events, they are important for all nations for all time. This is the Lord showing you what he will do to those who rebel against him. Verse 28. This prophecy came in the year King Ahaz. I want to pause right there. <clears throat> so now we've almost we've kind of, we've hit pause and we're moving on to a different prophecy. This is going to be in the same vein, but it's it's another disparate prophecy. And so we don't have a chapter break here but we do have a new prophetic word. And so we need to take note of that. And this happens from time to time in Isaiah where there's not a chapter break or whatever, but it's a, another prophecy. All right, back to verse 28. This prophecy came in the year King Ahaz died. Do not rejoice, all you Philistines, that the rod that struck you is broken. From the root of the snake will spring up a viper. Its fruit will be a darting venomous serpent. The poorest of the poor will find pasture and the needy will lie down in safety. But your root I will destroy by famine. It will slay your survivors. Wail, you gate, howl, you city. Melt away, all you Philistines. A cloud of smoke comes from the north, and there is not a straggler in its ranks. What answer shall be given to the envoys of that nation? The Lord has established Zion, and in her, or in her his afflicted people will find refuge." So this is still in the same vein, but it's it's aimed at the Philistines. And so what's going on here 
is Babylon is going to come and is going to lay siege to Jerusalem, is going to attack Jerusalem, destroy Jerusalem in three different assaults and carry off all its people to Babylon. And the land of of Israel is essentially because of the Assyrians and the Babylonians is, is decimated. It's not, there's, there's still Jewish people. There's still Israelites there, but only the, again, the poorest of the poor and, um, they, they mainly took aristocratic people and people that they felt were valuable away with them. And they left a few people in the land, but, but not people that they felt could actually engage in rulership of the land. And they were correct in that. And so there's almost no one left. And so the Philistines who have essentially from the time of David on have been thoroughly conquered by the Israelites this prophecy is coming and during that time period. So when the Babylonians and the Assyrians take away the people captive, but especially focused on the people of Judah, because that's really the, where the main tension was is in the South with the Philistines. Cause that's where they were there in the, the, the area around the Gaza strip, what we call now the Gaza strip, same region. Um, the Southern kingdom, they're the ones that are most at odds with the Philistines. And so the Lord is saying, listen, don't, don't be happy that they've been carried off. Your day is coming too. Your day is coming too. And so don't gloat over this happening. It's a very interesting juxtaposition, I suppose, because Isaiah is saying, listen, when you come back from captivity, it's like, whoa, we're, t- we're not captives, right? But he's saying, you will. You'll be, when you come back, you will gloat over the king of Babylon. And it's almost like the Lord saying, it's okay for you to gloat. I give you permission to gloat in this really morbid, terrible way. I give you permission to do this. But he's saying to the Philistines, don't you dare gloat over the people who've come against you, the Israelites, my chosen, don't gloat that the Lord has disciplined them and carried them away. That's essentially what's going on right here. For the 10-week Bible study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for watching the 10-week Bible study. If you've enjoyed this, would you consider doing that whole like and subscribe and bell thing you're always hearing people talk about? It really helps other people find out about the show, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you. Thank you.